once again to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up on air and online 24/7. Well, if you if you take into account that uh, uh, that that podcast feeds are available 24/7. In our cat, in our particular case, the the still extant radio loop is out there, and that's kind of the analog sense of being a 24-7 live show, if you will. It's a show you pick up at whatever point the loop is in, but as I say, at some point in the new year, we will be um, uh, doing away with, retiring our radio loop portion of the show. In any event, we are there for you. You're here with us, clearly, and we're all at or, in my case, coming from www.centerlefttalkradio.com. Centerlefttalkradio.com. It is the 5th of December, and we are um, uh, approaching, getting into, diving into, head first, feet first, whatever your particular position of, of, uh, of uh, pool entry preferred might be. Uh, but it's going in towards the holiday season right now. Uh, the leaves are just about all down on the trees. This being as close as it is to the, uh, to the winter solstice uh, at this hour of the morning, which is, well, for many people, uh, an ungodly one, but it's still very dark out there, and I couldn't tell you uh, what the day is going to look like Certainly not based on staring at the night sky right now out the window. I'm told it's going to be a relatively clear day. And the temperature is well above freezing, certainly here in the lower Hudson Valley. And uh, in most of the Northeast, uh, although uh, there are some balmy temps, uh, coming along in the southeast, and uh, I gather in the L.A. area and the southwest over there. All in all, it should be a nice day, and um, I guess one in which people are focusing on what what is coming up in the holiday season. Uh, something, a relatively normal kind of thing to do this time of the year, unless, of course... Uh, your particular uh, uh, preoccupation, and I, I guess I'll have to call it that in my case, or it's, it's one of my preoccupations, uh, is keeping track of what's happening uh, politically in this country, and, 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 and by extension, reactions there too in other parts of the world. And, and I must say that there's a... Um, I'm not sure if this, if this quite gets to the level of phenomenon just yet, but it's, it's very curious to, to see, you know, we, 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 well, backtrack, backtrack. I, 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 I did a show a, a week or so back about the asymmetry of the political messaging that was going on between the, let's, let's call it the rational media and the hair-on-fire media a la Trump and others. 
and what we should or how we should be approaching it and the thoughts we should have and all that. Go back, listen. It's a, it was a good show. And very, a lot of downloads on that, I, I happen to notice. So thank you very much. Um, but I, I want to go a step beyond that today. And what I've begun to notice quite a bit in the last week or so, and, it, and it's becoming almost a constant theme within the rational media. And I, I'm including the Times, the, the, the Post, the Wall Street Journal, uh, you know, established magazine format things, uh, MSNBC, NBC, uh, standard CNN type broadcast, the regular broadcast channels, you know, the watered down versions thereof, of course, public broadcast, PBS, uh, uh, NPR, all of those. What's becoming more and more standard fare, let's call it, within this universe of outlets. The non-crazies, the rationals, the, the, there's some level of, of reporting and, 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 not a, uh, and not beginning with an effort to reach a conclusion uh, that may or may not be supported by facts which may or may not exist. And that is, I can only call this um, uh, uh, peaks at the apocalyptic. I, 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 yeah, really. Apocalyptic peaking. Okay, wh whatever do I mean by that? Well, there is this constant run of here's what would happen if. Here's what we see as the inevitable uh, state of affairs in the country were Donald to be reelected. This this thematic approach to reviewing and imagining the uh, presumably unimaginable that Donald would be in control and how every and how nothing else would be predictable or controllable or operating in any kind of a rational constitutional way. Thematically, this is repeated again, and it's, it's no accident. It's out there constantly. And I, I've been taken back, you know, initially it's like, wait, no, maybe I got this wrong. Maybe I happened to catch just one show where they were off on this tangent. But it is pretty much becoming the lingua franca uh, of the left at this point, this apocalyptic approach to Trump. Now, the, the, the fascinating side of this, the, in, the really interesting stuff to me, is that this apocalyptic approach is what the loonies, the MAGA, the MAGA red meters, the, 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 the fact, the, the unbound factually crowd, uh, and I will include, uh, you know, it's, uh, those who are just in a political fog and uh, a large segment known as the Christian right, the evangelical Christian right, they have been using this apocalyptic sort of approach for all, for, for quite some time. And there, rather than there being the asymmetry of the rational 
projecting against the, uh, the weird and the apocalyptic and the end is nigh and the bottom is falling out and we've just got to kill it to save it because there's nothing left to save because it's all falling apart anyway-ishness. There now seems to be, or emerging, there is a balance. And the balance is, it's not that the crazies are because, hey, we've, we've got to get a bit more rational to counter the logic and the reason and the, and the, and the sheer uh, unavoidable conclusions that given uh, a, an embrace of facts, real facts, you one must inevitably come to, and therefore uh, we should be all working and be part of the liberal media establishment, what I'm, and I'm not using that in any pejorative term, most certainly, the rational media establishment. No, no, it's not going that way. The rational media establishment tried that. And I, I have to, and I, I haven't been inside the boardrooms at MSNBC or NBC. I haven't been inside the, the, uh, the editorial rooms at the Times or, or the Washington Post or anywhere else. But a common conclusion seems to have been reached more and more among these people. And it's a fire with fire, quite literally, mentality that seems to be emerging right now. We're, we, are, we are just under, but no, no, we're just, yeah, we're just a little more than 11 months away from the 2024 presidential election. Again, back, back in the day, there'd be no way in hell anyone would be talking about uh, the, the, uh, the presidential race, or yes, you might be talking about who, who a, a potential candidate coming down the pike might be, uh, you know, uh, as we approached uh, the conventions, but you'd be talking about the political convention coming up and who would be a favorite within the convention, but it would be given short notice, short shrift, basically this was the stuff of the summer before the uh, before you know before the the real campaigning started, which was in the fall preceding the November election. The the real campaigns took place for maybe two or three plus months. Yes, all of the all of the back channel activity, all of the planning, all of the all of the planting of ideas about what candidate and who might be coming up. This was always going on, but it was never in, it was never on the front page. It was never the daily, the daily uh, menu item uh, that it is or has become in the last 20 years, where, where no sooner does one campaign end, one presidential election end, than the next 
presidential election is being uh, run. It, it, it's being it's being uh, fought. It's being it's being campaigned about and around and for. In the case of Donald Trump, this is because of the revenge factor that went with his loss in 2020, his continual lying about what happened, his fomenting of an insurrection, and his lying about everyone and everything about, and the fact that that restraining orders and, and gag orders notwithstanding, he has pretty much been able to go out there and just keep keep pumping his bullshit message, his lies, his his personal apocalypse has been out there, and it is what has filled the airwaves, not even so much of just uh, the, the, the crazies on the right, but as I say, there is a equivalency developing on the left to kind of uh, do our own apocalyptic thing. Now, I, 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 like, as I say, I have seen countless, uh, countless, I've seen an awful lot of news stories, news segments, TV. I've read many in, in print, uh, you know, online, uh, that are talking about what would happen in the event there was another Trump uh, presidency. And they're talking as though, and it seems to be a conscious effort to do it this way, to sound as though the next Trump presidency is quite literally an inevitability. It's, it's there, it's coming, it's exact. In the next Trump presidency, he will be, and of course, everybody on, if it's a TV thing, everyone on the panel is dour-faced and absolutely uh, just, just, just numb, numbed, and 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 you know, gob, gobstruck, whatever, pick a term uh, about the notion of Donald being in there and how the, the the Constitution, the nature of the country, and the lives of everybody in it will be subject to change at the whim of one crazy person because this time around he ain't going to have anyone around him who could possibly, possibly do anything to change the way he would do things. He will change the structure of all the federal bureaucracies, of everything within the Department of Justice, within the justice system. He will start using his... his uh, his capacity to, to, for pardoning willy-nilly, he will probably free everybody who ever uh, was imprisoned or anyone who got a conviction based on their activities on January 6th at the Capitol. He will throw the entire judicial system into disarray. It sounds like the stuff of apocalypse. Now, it also is the shit this lunatic is spewing on the campaign trail, either suggesting all of this or saying it straight out. And this is his style to make sure that there will be no mistake this time. But the one thing, the undergirding structure of all of this is that it will be a revenge tour. A second Trump presidency will be a revenge presidency, getting even with, taking, t get, f tallying up 
the, the, the harm and the, and, the, and the ills and everybody, you know, taking notes. He's doing it all. He's doing it now, making sure he knows everybody. And then it will be retribution time. Not just who will not be in power. No, no. Who will take it in the neck? Retribution. This is the word he's using. So that when you talk about an apocalyptic vision of the Trump presidency coming from the right, it includes this notion of everything falling apart. Why? Because Donald has laid it out that way. But the left has not responded, certainly not quite in kind. No, we, we have basically put out fact to counter, or we imagine to counter, the lies coming out from the right. And we also admit to ourselves, or we increasingly admit to ourselves, that there's really no way to get through to the right because the, blog, the, the, the universe, the blogosphere, the wherever, whatever their, their silos of information are, are set up in such a way that no amount of rational discussion coming from a forbidden source is allowed into that universe. And if it gets there, the arguments, well, not even so much the arguments, the, the mechanisms for neutralizing or completely destroying anything contrary to the tribal storyline are in full force and effect. Nothing gets through for these people. What works for them, and, and now, now I'm, let, let's talk about, let's talk about the, at least the non-religious MAGA base for the moment. This notion that Donald has gotten out there, that it's the end of the country, they're out to get you. And all that remains is me standing between them and you and what they want to do. Now, you get to pretty much fill in the blanks if you are a Trump supporter with all of what the, what the uh, alleged uh, horrors are that you're about to um, experience if somehow Donald is taken off the playing field. And they include probably, uh, you know, unfettered uh, influx of, uh, of, of immigrants taking over, you know, I guess, you know, raping your women and, uh, and, and, and kidnapping your children, something along those lines. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you, you, gotta, you gotta, you know, get into the imaginative side of these people, but it's, it's, it's also Donald saying not even so much what they will do. It's I have been the one source to finally fulfill, and the word isn't there, your fantasies about what America could or might be. And I don't really necessarily want to overly concretize what your fantasies are. But when you have fantasies about a white America, 
<coughs> where certain other people aren't in charge and, and you basically get to do things your way and you could shoot your guns off and you could be as hateful and vengeful as you want to be because that's really what you should have been in the first place. This is what's been taken away from you by these crazy people on the left over there. When this, this fantasy America... I am the last possible way in which you will ever experience that fantasy America. I am a link for, I am I am a link from fantasy to reality. I am literally I am literally the game show host from hell. I mean depending on you know your point of view from heaven or hell who basically not only is a total crock of shit bullshitting my brains out, making it up as I go, offering vengeance and, and spewing hatred, but I can actually actualize it. Why? Because I know what it's like and I know how to get to the inside of the Oval Office, and it doesn't get much more real than the power that's available there. That is a powerful, powerful argument for people with limited capacity to think or reason. So no, the, the, the lefties, you know, they, they, they can't possibly imagine me doing what I say I'm going to do, but I can do it. I know where the power is. I know where all the buttons are. And this time around, if I get in there, when I get in there, I will make it all happen. Again, the it is vague. We will, the border will be completely sealed up and we'll never say, well, uh, all of these, and, and we're going to, and we're going to get the Budget under control, and we're going to stop giving away money. When you examine half of what he's talking about, half, all, so much of it is basically uh, would be would be operating against the personal interests of the very people he appeals to. He is, but but that doesn't seem to be bothersome to these people. The, the fact that they could be cutting off their noses to spite their faces. What is important, what it seems to be far more important, is the notion that Donald is their last link to realizing their fantasies about their life in America, their fantasies about always being oppressed, their fantasies about, about not being able to make it because the man or something out there is always oppressing us, and Donald is the only way we'll ever get past that. There is this bizarre embrace of this guy who is the biggest, filthiest, demonish crook you could possibly imagine with 91 counts against him doesn't matter to these people. Donald is the only thing that can give us our fantasies for all intents and purposes. He's the only thing that could allow us to uh, realize that which we've only been able to imagine and pretend up to now. And, and, and he lets us, we feel our anger and we feel our grievance and we feel our hostility and, and we, just, we just get it out with him. Without him, geez, I don't know how we're going to, how will we feel about anything? How will we even be able to feel? Donald is our vehicle 
Donald is our mouthpiece. Donald is our reality. I know, I know it sounds nuts. I know, but, but, but this is what's going on out there in the right, in the far right. It, it, it's, it's crazy. It, it makes no rational sense. There are no <coughs> goals. There are no policies per se. It is just emotions run amok. Get even with this one. Get rid of that. Tear this down. Get it all out. This is our last chance. We're at the absolute end of the road here. And Donald, the master of the language that excites all these images in the far right, just keeps stoking and stoking and stoking. And the people who know better, the elected politicians, all of whom, <coughs> going back <coughs> to back when, swore never Trump, all of a sudden, watching how this, this capacity of this man, and again, it's, it's a, a very begrudgingly used term, this gift he has, the gift of the grift. He has a gift for grifting, and excited by his own vulnerabilities from a legal perspective and any, every other way, watching his own fantasy world falling apart is trying to build a fantasy world in which he and everyone else can live. He's saying, come with me, and if you join me in my fantasy, I will make it a reality through the operative functionality of the presidency of the United States. We will completely revise reality. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to, a new reality. Never been done before. We're, gonna, we're going to take fantasies, and we are going to see if we... And we're not going to see. I am going to make fa your fantasies reality. Now, the reality, the real reality, of course, is it's going to be take and grab whatever you can, get the richest of the rich to basically run everything. It is just, let's have a fascism. I mean, it's the simplest formula in the world for the creation of a fascism. But everybody in, no one in this country imagined, certainly not 20 years ago, that here we would be with people, with, with a candidate for the presidency, a known criminal, and a guy facing the rest of his life in jail, is basically promoting Fascism, he, by, by any other word. Of course, he can't use that word. No, no, he's again, and, and we're, and we're going we're gonna to rid the government. We're going to rid the government of the communists and the fascists and, 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 and the Nazis. That, he actually says this stuff. He actually says these words. And it's, a, it's crazy talk. But this, this, this apocalyptic notion of where America is has taken root in the base. Politicians don't know what to do with it because it has so infected and, 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 and soured people on any form of reality or any, any, any continuing embrace of our constitutional system. It is as antithetical to America as America can possibly be. But it's being embraced not by 50% of the country, no. 
but by enough people. And Donald is proving day by day that the loud anger of a minority can be interpreted or should be interpreted as something to fear by everybody. And so fearful that people on the left almost sound as though they're trying to find, are they trying to find ways to live with it? Are they trying to acquiesce to it? Are they, or are they panicking with the same motivation as the right? Are they trying to get their people to react as strongly and, and, is, and is, is apocalyptic left talk basically designed to do exactly that which apocalyptic right talk has done. If we can't sell the other side on rational uh, liberal democracy, a la Madison, Franklin, and everybody else, does it make sense to begin talking in their language about what might happen if Donald came, if, will, will you reach more Republicans, MAGAites, the rational one, there's, there's a rational strain, there's a, there's a 20, 25% strain out there that's rational, but they don't know what to say, they can't say anything, and they, they're afraid to talk up in their own communities, they're afraid to admit to anything but Donald loving. Can you, can you get to the crazies by re, re, recategorizing Donald as the, calling him the apocalyptic person he is? Do you, do you energize your base? That's the other problem, of course, that the, that the Democrats are running across. There is, there is study, there are studies showing that many of the younger people right now and other groups within the traditional Democratic coalitions just aren't turned on by the idea of Joe Biden. Joe is just not exciting people. Joe has done better fiscally than probably anybody in the last 20 years. I know this sounds crazy. Yeah, because people go into their supermarkets and they're still seeing high gas prices. And, and even though things are starting to get better, still, Joe, I, I don't know. It's, it's not as good as it should be. I'm, I'm not perfectly happy. And for some reason, being not perfectly happy, if you are on the left side of the equation in America... For too many people, too many established groups within that left side, seems to come down to sort of a, a casual indifference, almost. I, it, I, I don't get it. Is it, is, it, is it Joe's messaging failure? Is it a Democratic messaging failure? I don't know. But there seems to be an almost indifference. There, there is this numbness that sets in hearing Donald day after day moan. He is, he is indefatigable. He will go on forever and ever and ever until you put him in jail and shut him up. He's, he will keep going until he is made to stop. That's, that's a fact. That's a, you can't stop the SOB. He's just got 
He's got on and he's got, and the pedal has been welded to the floor and there's no steering wheel and it just accelerates and accelerates. It's a long flat road and everybody behind him will be going off the same cliff with him. Doesn't matter, okay? But if no one, if no one is responding to the positive message of Biden and the positive realities of the country, and you can't seem to get our democratic base really energized about anything, what's left to you? Really? Yeah, you, 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 you try another, you try another uh, tact. And that tact is an apocalyptic approach to our life, the real people's life. Here's what will happen in the real world. Not, not here is the fantasy world that will become your reality if Donald is in there. No, here is the reality that will be evaporated if Donald gets in there. No less apocalyptic than the bullshit being put out there by Donald himself. But, but an opportunity for Democrats to actually bring it down to a far more purely emotional level. Now, I, I said early on in the show that this was basically to be talking about the MAGA political base. Well, there's also the MAGA religious base. There is the evangelical Christian base. There is the conservative Roman Catholic base and conservatives within other Christian denominations as well. And basically, that group has found, uh, has, has found that by thinking and speaking in the apocalyptic language that is embedded in their narratives, and Donald knows how to excite that. We are, you are at the end of times, you are basically, you are seeing apocalyptic things. You are on the verge of being wiped out as meaningful entities. He finds a way to get to these people, a la the apocalyptic imagery and the devil versus the world and devil versus God and who is the devil and the democ well, Joe Biden is the devil, of course. Somehow, somehow, he has been able to get what would one would think people who would find him reprehensible on any other level because of his life and everything else, he has managed to convince these people of God that the least godish among them is their only way to save God from the devilish Dems who are out to basically destroy. And it, 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 it sounds almost comical and humorous to say it. Donald Trump, scumbag of history, lowlife of lowlives, worst cheater, stealer, robber, woman, come on, man, 91 criminal counts, is the savior of the evangelicals? Yeah, well, because, you know, as they say, uh, politics makes strange bedfellows. And none stranger than this linkage of two forces that would seem to be as diametrically opposed and have as little an interest as two forces can. 
except that Donald, the ultimate showman, the ultimate, ultimate grifter, has figured out how to talk to these people. He's figured out the apocalyptic language. He's figured out how to basically get them afraid for their own existence, for their own souls, for the, for this, for, again, back to women and children and, and the future of God and, and God will be wiped out, and blah, 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 whatever. He somehow has gotten there. And, and at, the, at the bottom of it all, at the, at the base of it all, is a power. It's a power that he is giving these people. And they're willing to trade every scrap of, of their ethics, of their, of their foundational beliefs, everything that they, that they hold, everything that would seem to be as fundamental as fundamental can be to fundamentalism. They will throw it all away in the name of Donald saving them. It's fucking insane. But there it is. Uh, there was a, 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 one of the uh, a fundamentalists or, or a guy who grew up in the fundamentalist community uh, and has written a book. Uh, there was a, jeez, uh, I, I can't give you a name. Uh, there was an interview yesterday afternoon. And, I, and, and this is not the first book written by um, well-known fundamentalist authors, well-known Christian evangelical authors who see, who, who see through all this and who can make sense and, and see what's coming on the other side and say that this is scary, dangerous, and nuts and that it makes no sense except on a purely emotional level and this is what Donald's stock in trade is. He's able to do this. He's a scary, scary dude. And you got to be scared of a scary dude who has absolutely no, no moral or ethical constraints, who's been in the White House once and basically trying to get back in there again, and at, at the moment certainly is the choice of one of the two major political parties, which has totally lost its way, granted, but he's still... For, for all intents and purposes out there. And there's this sense that because the Republicans still have the force of being the other, the other party in America, as nuts as they are, their nutsness, their nuttiness, their craziness cannot be undone. They still have the power of operating within the Constitution, even if their goal is to basically break down or eliminate or suspend the Constitution. The, the, the sick irony of all this is enough to make you absolutely sick, crazed, almost as frightened as, maybe as frightened as, more frightened of than the, the Republicans on either the religious or the political side of things who, are, who have been sitting there for months and years now threatened with, the, with extinction unless Donald comes in. Well, suddenly what we are getting on our side are threats of extinction if he does get in. Now, is this a bad thing. Have we succumbed 
to or are we succumbing? Are we in the process of succumbing to a, to a, a purely emotional, uh, ridiculous uh, a way of appealing to our own people? Do we have to go out there and shove worst-case scenarios in their face, which may or may not come out that way if history is allowed to simply play itself out and we sit back as spectators? Do we, are, we really, are we really giving too much credit to the methodology of our of our sick, sick-minded competitors and their and their completely messed up leader, is is that it? Is 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 it a bad case of, you know, monkey see, monkey do? I don't think so. I I, I think, I think that as much as we have to have faith in the institutions as they currently exist in this country, especially in the judicial institutions, in our, in our, in our justice system, and in our laws, in our capacity to have laws. And as much as we need them to operate effectively to prevent Donald from getting into office, we need also to motivate ourselves. And I don't think looking in apocalyptic or, or speaking in apocalyptic terms about what a next Trump presidency would be like to even speak as though it's happening, to put it in, 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 in with that level of immediacy, to listen to a story on TV or to read it someplace and, and hear it spoken of and hear him spoken of as though he is all but a fate accompli. I think maybe we need that imagery, that we need the, the, the visualization of Donald actually back in the White House. Not the clown show guy, not the bullshit artist, not the guy who's just, you know, you know, you know hamming it up for the masses, but actually a crazy son of a bitch who's actually back in there who now has the power to take the damned Constitution apart and restructure the country any way he feels fit. Now, whether or not that could even happen if he did get in is not the point. The point is we have to face the reality that it could be. It could very well be. And the only way we're going to, the way we want to get him out and keep him out is through the ballot box right now and or a prison cell. I'll, 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 I'll settle for a prison cell if we can get one, to keep him the hell out of the White House. But you can't count on that. What we can count on is what we have seen over the last one, two, three, four, five, five election cycles since 2016, six, depending on how you count the midterms and special elections, that every time a Republican issue comes up or Republicans are in positions of, of immediacy for purposes of regaining or holding power or, or holding positions via uh, abortion or holding positions via gun rights, the Democratic position wins. The Democratic candidates win again and again and again and again. We can't count on that, however, in the next presidential election. 
We can't sit back and simply say, well, you know, Democrats seem to win these things. The rational takes over. No, the pollsters are looking and they're seeing that the, that the level of concern that should be out there, especially among young voters, just ain't there right now. And it would seem as though media people have finally gotten it into their heads, and I'm sure the White House, uh, the White House uh, has, has gone along with this 100%. We have got to present an apocalyptic scenario, but a probable apocalyptic, not, not the make-believe bullshit of, well, you know, if, uh, if I don't get in, uh, they're going to take away all religion in America and, 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 and all of those little grimy people from the southern border are going to be coming in and, and raping your wives and daughters and all this bullshit crap that, you know, and, and every fear and they're going to take all your guns and, and my God, they would, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever the fear is that would make you less macho, whatever, whatever you have to worry about whatever you can construct, not the reality of what it means to live among others and live well and live successfully in America, no. Fears, things you can fear. Well, we can fear Donald because what he has said is things that could be potentially done within the office of the presidency, making America and making the world a totally different place. Because if America is no longer a credible leader, and if you put Donald back in, we will lose all credibility within the world. American leadership, and in many instances, much of American hegemony will be gone. That's not bullshit. That's not making it up. Any country that could take someone like Trump and put him back in is out of their mind. The Israelis right now, in the middle of all that's going on, have re reinitiated the criminal trial of uh, Netanyahu. You can bet your life he will be found guilty. They're going to get rid of this crazy bastard as quickly as they can. And, 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 and necessarily so. I mean, the son of a bitch, you know, basically... Left, let, let, let Israel's guard down and, you know, 1,400 people get murdered and 225 get taken hostage and all of this insanity that's going on in Gaza that most of the country never wanted in the first place. And now they're waking up. Well, maybe we should wake up now before we face our October 7th or the equivalent there. We've already had our January 6th. Now, what else do we need? Maybe in this case, it's time to be afraid, be very afraid of what could happen if Donald came back in and feel just apocalyptically, feel just as apocalyptically threatened as Republicans do. Because it's a real threat, not some imaginary, emotional threat to your machohood. And, 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 no, it's real. Taking down the country and taking down the Constitution is a real possibility. Now, do we want to allow that? Or don't we? Yeah. 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 That, 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 that's really what this all comes down to. Maybe uh, apocalyptic 
visions and notions and, and, and portrayals aren't such a terrible idea at this point. I don't know. We'll have to see how this plays out. It's going gonna, it's gonna to play out a bit. But I don't know that it's something that we should, you know, poo-poo or condemn out of hand. Everybody's overreacting. No, we're not. We're not overreacting. We're not overreacting. We're, we're rightfully concerned. Very rightfully concerned. A little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Central Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Up until now, I might have said that taking an apocalyptic approach to Donald would be almost, well, unnecessary and, and maybe, and maybe uh, overly complimenting the apocalyptic approach of the other side. But in reality, we have a truly apocalyptic situation versus the fantasy of the Republicans. It's time to act on that.